Welcome back, guys. This is the Hunting Faith Podcast. I am your host, Zach, coming to you from Hunting Faith Base Camp. Um, today, I just want to start off by apologizing for being behind on episodes. I've been super crazy busy at work, and I finally just got a chance to come up for air, breathe, and get this done. Um, I also want to apologize for losing the original episode, too. I'm not quite sure what happened, but shortly after I published it, the data was corrupted, and um, Apple and Anchor and Spotify has all been removed somehow. I believe that I fixed the issue, so that is that. So going forward, this is going to be the official episode, too. So welcome, guys. I hope you guys are still enjoying it. Let's get hunting. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I hope everyone's having a great day. Uh, I know I'm a little bit behind. We're going to just kind of jump right into it, guys. So I'm going to start this episode a little different than usual. Um, I'm trying a little different kind of tactic here, if you will. I hope you guys enjoy this. If not, there's always the email in the show notes. Feel free to send me an email with any tips, comments, questions, concerns, suggestions, anything. Uh, My door is always open for anything you guys have to say. So without further ado, let's get started. Um, just a little while ago before I record, started recording this, uh, I was watching a video from Phil Robertson. As you guys know, they are kind of my, uh, my basis, man. Those guys are my form. They're my rock. I look to them for everything, honestly. And it's not just because they're outdoorsmen. It's just they're genuine, down-to-earth, true people. And... As I was watching the video, I was reading some of the comments on YouTube, and uh, Phil was talking about why he follows Jesus. And somebody in the comment section made a comment. He was sitting in his recliner wearing camouflage, and they said, man, that camo really works well. All you can see is his arms, his face, and his black socks. And I thought it was kind of funny, but it got me thinking. So I'm going to have two bases for today's episode. Um, The first one I'm going to ask is, what is your camo what do you use for camouflage now some of you people sorry some of you guys are going to think um what is he talking about they're going to think oh uh you know i use realtree or i use uh mossy oak or whatever kind of camo you use that's 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 not what this question boils down to what it boils down to when i say what is your camo my genuine question of that is is your camo god or is your camo your shirt on your back. Personally, my camo is always God. He's always going to be there to protect me. And I have no doubt in my mind that when I go with him, he's always going to keep me concealed so I can harvest that deer. So I can harvest that duck or I can catch that fish. Whatever it is I may be hunting that day, I know that if I have God on my side, I will always be concealed. And I, I like to think of him as my camo. You know, and I I hope you guys kind of understand that. And if you don't, feel free to email me and I'll try to explain it as best as I can. Um, With that being said, I do have a few camos that I do prefer Um, when I'm duck hunting. I like the Realtree Max Advantage 4. It's a great shadow shadow grass blade that blends really well. But I also hunt mainly on the South Texas Gulf Coast there. And it's a lot of shadow grass out there. Um, For deer hunting, any old mossy oak will do because... Honestly, nine times out of ten, I'm just in a box blind anyways. They're not going to see me. Um, but in the event that I do bow hunt, which I haven't in years, but I plan on getting back into that, I do like just using uh, the Game Guard camo, especially, you know, down in South Texas. you got more mesquite trees than anything, and it works really well. 
Um, with that being said, I do have a Bible verse that I'm going to kind of tag along with this here. So the Bible verse is Genesis chapter 27, verse 3. And it says, Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Now, when I think of this verse, when I see this, this is kind of why I tied it into it. When I see this, when I read this, when I think about it, I think, okay, my weapons, my quiver, and my bow, and I go out to the field to hunt game for him. Okay. You can't just go out there and all black or all white or all blue or green or whatever it is. Because obviously, if anyone here is a hunter, they're going to know you can't just walk out into the field with a bow and arrow wearing all pink and expect them not to see you. So you have to have camouflage, right? I mean, that's just kind of a common thing that's known to every outdoorsman worldwide. When you hunt, you have to have camo. Now, I've seen hundreds of different types. I, I saw a guy one time from New York City that had on military camo. And he sat in a bow blind for three days and didn't get anything. And on, three, on the third day, he said, man, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. It's, it's your camo. He says, no. I said, look, man, you need to get you a different camo, but pray. Pray about it, you know? If you're really having that much harder of a time trying to get an animal, pray about it, you know? Pray to God. There's a hunter's prayer. I don't exactly know what it is, but, you know, I generally, and even before I got strong back into my faith again, every time I'd go hunting, I'd have my hunter's prayer, you know? Dear Lord, please, you know, help me harvest this animal with your might that I might actually be able to take this animal home and put food on my table. And so the next morning, we got up. We all went to go to our stands, and sure enough, he had actual camouflage on. He said, I'm going to try your prayer. So he went, and uh, sure enough, that morning he came back with a very nice 10-point buck. And I don't know if it was a prayer or the camouflage. I like to think it was God providing, and that's just my way of looking at it. But again, I think about this. You have to have your camo. Well, of course, I'm going to put on my, my camouflage pants and my camouflage shirt and probably even some camo face paint, especially if I'm in the duck blind, because, you know, those little birds up there, I, I don't know how they do it, but they can see your face from a mile away if you don't have face paint on. And, but I also, at the same time, God is my camo. Because if I'm out there in that pasture or if I'm in that field or whatever it is, with just a bow and arrow, I could have a, you know, a coyote or a wolf, depending on where I'm at, or any type of predatory, predatory animal even a wild hog, if I'm invading in their territory, they're protected. You know, it's just like if someone walks into your house, you're going to defend your home, right? It's the same concept with, uh, with, with an alligator, a coyote, a wolf, a bear, a, a moose. Moose is very territorial, anything. You got to have someone protecting you. And most of you people are going to think, most of the people that I know are going to think, oh, I have a 45 or I have a nine millimeter or they have some kind of handgun. Like that's not what I'm talking about, man. I'm talking, you got to have God on your side. God, no matter what, as long as you have faith and you believe in him and you live your life worshiping God, he will protect you. And so that's what I'm going to leave that at. Um, my next question, what I'm going to try to cover here is what is your tackle? Now, what do I mean by that? Some of you are going to think, oh, I use a buzz bait or a spinner bait or a popping lure, you know, or a good old cork with the worm on the end of it. You know, you can use anything to catch a fish. 
my, my wife is in a testament to that because she'll tell you she can catch catfish all day on hot dog wings, and I'm here to tell you it's true. <clears throat> but again, just as before, it's not what I'm talking about. What is your tackle? Now, I have a Bible verse to go along with this, and it doesn't tie in as well as the camo, but it, it does a little bit. And the verse is Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I said it doesn't tie into it, but now that I think about it, it actually does. Because God, in that in that verse there, he didn't say anything about, oh, you need to bring this lure, or you need to bring this rod, or this type of line, or this type of hook, nothing. He just says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And I take that to mean that no matter what, if you have faith and if you have belief in him, he will make you a fisher of men. He make you, he'll help you catch all the fish that you're after. And you will catch the amount of fish that it takes to feed your family without breaking the laws, of course. And that's, you know, that's that's a pretty strong verse there. Now, I'm not just going to read these to you guys. I want you guys to take what I'm saying and think about it. Dull on it for a little bit. Chew on it for a little bit, you know? Think think about what that means to you. Not just what it means individually, but what does it mean to you? Now, my next question, and this is going to be my, 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 my final question here. What is your favorite thing, creature, plant, tree, cloud, whatever, what is your favorite thing that God has created in nature? And, uh, and I mean in nature. I'm not talking about concrete or your cell phone or Facebook. Because essentially, as God did, quote unquote, create that. Because he is the creator behind the people who created those. But that is not what I'm talking about. I mean, what is your thing that you love that God created in nature? No, I don't know. It could be a duck. It could be a deer, elk, bear, fish. Any type of fish, it doesn't matter. Just tell me what yours is. And I ask you people this. I want you guys to to send this to me an email. Give me your answer. You know, hey, I'm going to try to set this up where I can record episodes with my fans. So, you know, if you want to be a part of this, shoot me an email. We'll set it up. You know, I don't know whether to do it on a Zoom meeting or we'll meet in person. It doesn't matter. One way or the other, we're going to get this figured out. We're going to get to the bottom of it, guys. We're going to find out what your favorite thing is. In nature is that's been created by God. We're gonna find out what your camo is. We're gonna find out what your tackle is. We're gonna find all of it out. And so with that, I'm gonna tell you what my favorite thing is. My personal favorite thing that God has created is the duck. Because and it's not just because I love duck hunting, which I do, it's my absolute favorite thing in the world. But you have to think about it. You know, humans as a whole, we created airplanes so we could fly, right? Birds didn't have to do that. Ducks didn't have to do that. They're born with the ability to fly. I mean, sure, they have to learn how to do it just like humans have to learn how to walk or a baby horse or a baby giraffe. Any animal has to learn how to do what they're born to do. But they are literally born to fly. I mean, for humans, you know, to go somewhere, if I wanted to go to Walmart, I got to go downstairs. Well, first, I got to put clothes on that are acceptable for town, not just my pajamas. But then I got to grab my keys and my wallet. I got to go downstairs. I got to go to the gas station, put $10 worth of gas in to drive 15 miles 
go do what it is I need to do at Walmart, I'm going to drive 15 miles back home, and that's a lot of work. Those birds, and how do you want to go to Venezuela? All they're going to do is, they don't have to pack up anything. They just got to take off. You know, and I mean, I that's majestic, man. That's awesome. And the more I think about it, the more I'm a bit jealous. I wish I had the ability to just jump up and go wherever I wanted to. And I mean, think about it. The only time they got to worry about flying is during duck season anyways. So, I mean, all they really essentially would have to do is just hang out somewhere where no hunting is allowed. Boom. They're fine. You know? I, I've killed a banded duck before. And if any of you, any of you, any of you don't know what that is, um, I don't know if it's – I'm pretty sure it's all uh, game wardens or parks and wildlife departments. But here in Texas, they'll catch a duck. They'll put a metal band around it. And the cool thing is, I, I believe that they partner with every parks and wildlife department there is. But if you happen to kill one, which I have, there's a website. Uh, I'll try to find it and link it in the show notes. But you can take the number. It's a, basically a serial number. And you put that number from that band into that website. And it'll actually tell you where it was banded, when it was banded, and how many times it's been caught. Because they do catch them every year to try to you know ban more ducks. And sometimes the banded ones get caught again. And when they do, they're able to log where it's been. And so it's, it's really cool how you can see, like I, I, the one I shot, um, I believe it was banded in, uh, North Carolina, I want to say, and it had been all the way almost to Washington, Washington state. And then all the way back down into Texas, I mean, it, it's been everywhere and it, it, it had been about four years since it was banded. So it was a pretty old duck because, uh, um, I'm not hundred percent certain of what the age life, life expectancy is, but most of the ducks I know that I've seen people kill banded ducks have generally been within seven to eight months. And at that point, they're estimated to be roughly a year old, you know, so they're not living very long, especially down here where the duck hunters are, you know, and we, we take them out. But that's, that's my personal favorite. But I want to know what yours is. Please email me. Let me know. If you know me personally, shoot me a message. Give me a phone call. Anything. I just want to know what your favorite thing in nature is. Okay. So today, we're going to try to continue on a little bit with a story. Um, I'm not 100% certain where I left off at. Um, I'm a little disheveled because of the whole episode getting deleted and unpublished. And I, I still don't know what happened there. So I'm actually just going to talk. Um, I'm going to share a hunting experience with you guys. My whole entire life. I never really did a whole lot. Like we always deer hunted, you know, religiously. That was our thing growing up. But when my parents split up and I met my stepfather, um, he introduced me to duck hunting. And I think I was probably maybe nine or 10 at the time, uh, probably around that age. Cause I know my sisters weren't here yet. My you know, oldest sister wasn't born until I was 12, I believe. Yeah, because we have a 12-year difference between the two of us. Um, but, you know, he introduced me to duck hunting for the very first time, and it was the absolute most amazing thing I'd ever experienced. And some of you duck hunters are going to laugh at me because, you know, I can't blame him for not doing it, but we he didn't want to spend the money on a pair of waders if I wasn't going to enjoy it. So me being the young kid I was, just the middle of November, maybe early December, 
it was cold outside in South Texas, and you know the water was definitely cold. And all I had was a pair of camo pants that were actual real tree max advantage for camo. Um, I had a, it was a long sleeve shirt that was white on the front, and the sleeves were faux military camo. And I had a pair of knee high camo hunting boots on, and I killed my first duck. And we didn't have a dog at the time, so he said, "Well, you're gonna go get it." And I said, "Sure." And he told me to stick along this bank wall. And it, usually, where the bank is, it's not more than you know ankle deep water. Well, I took about ten steps and sunk down to my chest in icy cold water. Pulled myself out, ran out there, and got my duck. And never had a care in the world about it. And it was the most amazing feeling in the world being being out there and just getting to shoot my first duck. And I think I think it was just a dang. Uh, I don't even remember what kind of duck it was, but it, it was a great time. Unfortunately, I didn't get sick after that because I went out about nine more times to retrieve the bird. Um, but it was one of the most amazing hunting adventures of my life. And that, I, I believe, you know, I didn't see it then. But looking at it now, as, a, as an adult who's married and I have a child and my wife and my daughter are my world, and as I grow older and as I'm, you know, raising my daughter with my wife, uh, I'm, I'm starting to realize I want to integrate the outdoorsman thing with my daughter. You know, I want to teach her how to hunt. I want to teach her how to fish. I want to teach her to, you know, uh, field dress an animal, whether it be a duck or a deer or whatever it is. I want her to know how to do it. And some people have asked me questions like, why are you so determined to teach your daughter that? You know, what's it going to matter? Well, the way I look at it, is eventually the rapture is going to come. And there may be a select few of us that are still here on earth. And even before the rapture happens, the way our country's heading, and I'm not getting into politics, but eventually one day, all the luxuries that we have, you know, being able to go to the grocery store or being able to go down to the farmer's market and buy a gallon of milk, it's fresh farm, you know, that's all going to be away one of these days. But not only that, when my daughter grows up and she has a boyfriend or a husband and he hunts, she wants to go. But, you know, I know a lot of females that love to hunt, but they won't go without their partner. Excuse me. Because they don't know how to field dress or they don't know what to look for. Well, I'm going to teach my daughter all of that. That way. One day when she is growing up and she's married or she's got a boyfriend or a fiance or whatever it may be that they spend a lot of time hunting and say, you know, what if he's out of time for work, but she wants to go kill a deer? Well, she's going to know how to do it all by herself. You know, I want her to be able to be self-sustained because sooner or later, my wife are going to be buying our first house and we're going to have property and we're planning on homesteading. So our daughter can know that any future children we have will know how to be 100% self-sustainable. I'm not one to live off the grid. I have, I enjoy luxuries just as much as anyone else. You know, I got a, got the fancy new iPhone, you know, I got Wi-Fi at home. I'm doing a podcast off a laptop with a recording microphone right now. I mean, obviously I enjoy luxuries just as much as anyone else, but when the time comes when none of this exists anymore or it's not functioning anymore, I know without a doubt in my mind that I will be able to provide, to provide for my family. And I want my daughter to be able to do the same thing. And my wife knows too, for the most part. There's a few things she hasn't done. She hasn't ever been hunting before. 
that is going to change this year. I'm going to take her deer hunting, hopefully let her get her first deer, harvest her first animal, and field dress her first deer, which is going to be an awesome experience altogether. But to be able to be the one who took her on her first hunt and helped her harvest her first animal and helped her field dress her first animal, me personally, that's going to be an amazing experience. And it's I thank God for all of it. I believe that God brought us together to balance each other out. And we do, we do great things together. I mean, we balance each other out so much, it's insane. Sometimes I don't even notice it, but her, she's from Houston. She's never hunted before in her life. She has fished, and we fish quite often together, but she's never hunted before. And I want, I I don't even want, I am absolutely honored to be the one that gets to teach her how to do that. And I, I hope you guys really understand this. And if you don't, please, again, email me. I'll explain it a little bit more. But if you do understand it, kudos to you guys. I know that you also can feel the excitement that I can feel. You know, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm counting down the days till deer season starts so I can get that rifle sighted and I can take her down to the deer lease and sit in that stand, whether it be the first day or the last day of season, one way or the other, we are going to get her to harvest our first deer this year. And that's, yeah, it's so awesome. Man. And... Again, I have nobody but God to thank for that. I mean, yes, my, my the dear least my dad, he's had it for years. But God created our world. Without God, my dad would have never gotten that lease. And without my dad never getting that lease, I would have never hunted on it. So essentially, all points back to God. So, again, just want to say thank you, God, for giving us all of the amazing things that you've given us in this world. Um, right now we're going to talk about a little bit about fishing. Uh, I remember, actually I can't, I don't think I can remember my first fish I caught. Maybe I can, I'm not sure. I do remember one time growing up, we had this pond at the end of the road that we lived on. It was kind of a community pond, not necessarily, but we knew most of our neighbors and you know, we had permission from a few of them to go down there on the backside of their property and catch fish. And my dad and I used to do that all the time. And, you know, I, I can't necessarily say that's where my love for the outdoors came through, but most of my memories, if not all of my memories growing up in the outdoors, whether it be hunting or fishing, um, was with my dad. And again, you know, without God, my dad would have never been possible. And I, I have my dad to thank for a lot of stuff growing up. You know, I, I spent a lot of years in denial I'm not going to get too much into it, but I spent a lot of years being angry at the wrong person in life. And it wasn't until recently that I figured out that the person I was wrong, that I was angry at, was not who I thought it was. And since then, the relationship with my father has really blossomed. And it's, uh, you know, it's amazing. And I, I thank God every day that I get to have an awesome relationship with my father. Because I know so many people who lost their parents at a young age or lost whoever it is they looked up to at a young age and they had to live their life without them. I I can't. I don't think I could ever see living my life without my father there. So that's just the way I look at it. Um, I hope you guys are really enjoying this creation that I'm trying to share with you. I, I really... I really hope this is, you know, 
if you're not a Christian, I hope that this is helping bring you to Christianity. I hope this brings you to God. Um, I I still, every single day, I tell myself, you know, it could be midnight on a Tuesday. I'm like, man, I got to get that podcast recorded because every day I had this little voice in the back of my head. And it's not really even little. It's just this really loud voice in the back of my head that's telling me, you got to spread the word. You got to tell people. You got to bring people to God. And I, I, I'm really trying. I hope you all know that. I'm really, really trying. And I know this is kind of an unorthodox way to do it because so many so many people are used to people in church, you know, basically forcing the word of God onto them. And I don't believe that's how it should be done. But I'm also a firm believer in that you don't have to go to church to worship God. You know, I, uh, growing up, I was every time we went to church, which was very rarely growing up, unfortunately. Um, as I said in the first episode, you know, we were in and out of church my whole life. But every time we went to church, my mom, it's always my mother, um, you got to get dressed up. You got to be dressed nice, blah, 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 this, this, and that. But you know what? As I get older, you don't have to be dressed up. There's a church I used to go to in my hometown. It was the sportsman's church, the outdoorsman's church. Every time I went to church on a Sunday, no one was ever, quote, unquote, dressed up. Most of the time, because church was Sunday afternoon at 6 o'clock, it was shorts, flip-flops, and either a Columbia or a Magellan fishing shirt. Every now and then, you'd have that one person that was either new or they were raised in the thinking, that, oh, I've got to be dressed up. And they were wearing some fancy clothes. You know, granted, wintertime, yes, when it was cold outside, we were all kind of bundled up with our fancy outfits because it was cold out. But for the most part, it's you know, it's summertime in Texas. We're going to wear shorts, flip-flops, and a fishing shirt. That's just how it is. And I truthfully believe that you do not have to be dressed up. I don't go to church that often. I do every Sunday for the most part. If not Sunday, definitely on Monday. Um, I watch a recording of the church uh, uh, sermon of the church that my wife and I used to go to in, our, in my hometown when we lived there. Um, if I don't watch them, I listen to the Robertsons, you know, the Unashamed Podcast, the Duck Call Room Podcast, because those guys, it is a funny show, but they do incorporate God into everything. You know, Phil Robertson is an absolute saint. He is one of the most amazing people that I've ever had the privilege to listen to. Unfortunately, I haven't met him yet. One day I hope to, because I want to hear his take on everything and i hear it all the time i listen my days are filled with the unashamed podcast and that is my way of connecting with god because they do talk about god all the time they read the bible they read verse after verse after verse on that but they don't just church doesn't do it for me sometimes like the church that i went to in my hometown yes they do a very good job of explaining it but a lot of times I've found when I go to different churches, they just read a verse, talk about, the, you know, the preacher or the pastor will talk about his aspect on it. But I've never really truly found someone who can explain it to me. So, for instance, take the Bible verse right here. I'm going to read you one. This is Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. Do you know what that means? Because I sure don't. I truthfully do not know what that means. And that would be a question that I would ask Phil Robertson. Because being a man of God, and he has been for 40 plus years, 
I feel like you could explain that to me. And that is why I enjoy their podcast so much because I, truthfully, I don't understand any of this. I try to, but sometimes I just get frustrated and I try to, I have to stop for a minute. But if someone can explain it to me the way I'm trying to explain it to my listeners, to you guys, that's what I need. That's what I crave. I crave sustenance of someone to explain how these, how the Bible works, what they mean in the scripture. And I hope I'm doing a good enough job of that for you guys. If not, please let me know. You know, I will try to explain it any way I can. And if I can't explain it, I will go do some more research and find out a way to explain it. That way you can understand as well as me. You know, that's just the way I look at it. Um, you know, there's a lot of things in life that we all take for granted. Unfortunately, the earth is one of them. You know, God gave us this beautiful masterpiece to live on and prosper on. I don't think that he wants us to continue to colonize the earth the way we have. You know, we are constantly destroying habitats of, of you know, precious animals that are crucial to our survival. You know, and it, it's sad, but there's nothing I can do to stop it. I mean, it's just going to continue to happen. So eventually there's not going to be any wildlife left. And I hope I don't live to see that day because that's going to be a sad day on earth for us outdoorsmen. You know, um, I really, I'm just so overwhelmed with, with my, my, with the spirit of God at this point in my life. I'm just so, I really don't even know what to talk about at this point, guys. I'm just so thankful for everything that he has given us. And I'm so thankful that he created me as an outdoorsman because I don't know what life would be like if I wasn't an outdoorsman. It's, it's crazy, you know? So yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're at right now. Um, so while I was sitting here recording, I, I have the Bible app on my phone and I just got a notification for the verse of the day. So I'm going to actually share this with you guys. The verse is Romans chapter 15, verse four, the King James version for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, I find it kind of ironic that as I was speaking here about how I feel that sometimes people may stray away from God, unfortunately, because they don't understand it and they don't go to a church that will explain it. And, you know, unfortunately, growing up in the church that I went to when we did go to church, that was exactly how it was i mean it was a great church but they just they didn't explain it to me very much and that's why i always had a hard time paying attention i used to get in so much trouble with my grandmother she'd reach over and flick me because i wasn't paying attention um i also have adhd that could be possibly why but regardless if someone could explain it to me i feel like i might have a better time paying attention but all in the past i've found a place where they explain it and I can understand it my way, which is awesome. You know, God, God is an awesome thing, person, whatever you want to call it. God is amazing. You know, uh, in the movie, God's not dead all the time. God is good. And God is good all the time. And that is probably one of the truest statements I've ever heard in my life. So, yeah. So that's going to, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, guys. I've kind of rambled on a little bit here. Um, 
I was doing a little listening to my own podcast. It was kind of weird. Um, but I know that I've been in the last previous episodes, it's been the daily verse. And I realized that that kind of didn't sound right because I'm not doing a daily episode. So we're going to change that from the daily verse to the weekly verse. And uh, this week's weekly verse is going to be Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious wealth. Now, I don't know what it means. I'm going to do a little soul searching on that. And I want you guys to do the same thing. I want you to dig a little bit. Think on what that means. Even ask somebody if you have to. But I want you to let me know. I want you guys to send me an email. If you know me, call me, text me, whatever. I want you guys to give me what you think that means. Okay? That's that's where we're at. That's going to conclude episode two. We're going to go ahead and do our Indian prayer today now, guys. So if you want, fold your hands, bow your heads, and here we go. Father God, um, again... I just want to thank you for another beautiful day on earth. As I look out the window while I record this podcast, it's an absolute beautiful day outside today. Um, we thank you for all your wonderful creations. We thank you for giving us the ability to hunt, to fish, for being outdoors. We thank you for all of the amazing things that you've given us, God. And we try our best every single day to walk through faith with you and live our lives for you, live by the scripture. Um, Father God, we do sin sometimes, and we know you forgive us. We repent for our sins every single day. Um, we continue to speak to you through prayer, and we always trust that you will take care of us. And without that, what is life? So, God, please continue to take care of us. We continue to live our life through you. In your loving name we pray. Amen. All right. So that concludes the episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Just real quick before I go, guys, uh, I want to thank you guys for watching. I appreciate you as my listeners and all the support you give me. I don't have any sponsors yet, but we are getting close to being able to have them, and that is all thanks to you guys. Um, the amount of people that I've had listening so far has actually really surprised me. Um, again, thank you so much for all your love and support. I really hope you guys are enjoying this, so please continue to listen, and please do not be afraid to tell me if there's something that you don't think is right or something that you think I should add in. So remember, always choose God, always choose God and always choose the outdoors. Have a great day, guys, and God bless.